0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now, on Talk Radio 1210,
1: WPHT, WPHT, HD, W-O-G-L, H-D-3, Philadelphia.
0: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become
2: extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now.
3: Presented by the Law Offices
2: of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk Listen and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night
0: Live with Philly Labor.
1: And we begin our Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And welcome everyone in to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we join everybody live uh, every Saturday night saturday night live with philly labor uh we'll be live along with J doc i'm joe kraus got uh three great attorneys that are going to be part uh, of this one hour broadcast J doc but before we introduce uh our attorneys to the listening audience and we get into uh some very relevant and some very meaningful uh conversation uh it's with a heavy heart my friend that i uh toss over to you uh as um uh, there's some tough stories that you have to deliver uh to the listening audience tonight uh members of the union community uh losing their life uh to covid-19
4: yeah it's been a brutal week joe and and uh of course i want to say hello and and have uh, you know as happy a holiday weekend as you could possibly have on this easter easter weekend like almost no other easter weekend or passover uh i can't even imagine um, what people are, are going through these days, but I do want to send out our thoughts and prayers to the three Septa employees who passed away uh, over the week uh, from COVID-19. There were three maintenance workers uh, uh, who worked at a TWU-234 as reported by uh, the, the president of the union, uh, Willie Brown, who was just on our broadcast uh, two weeks ago. And uh, these are three individual uh, maintenance workers that worked at three different depots uh, throughout the city of Philadelphia, and so, uh, and we know that the SEPTA workers are are, are on the front lines. I think 16 uh, employees uh, from uh, TWU uh, 234 were, were uh, I guess, they tested positive for COVID-19 last week. Uh, we're talking bus drivers. We're talking, uh, you know, the the, uh, the train, uh, the, the individuals who are, who are running the trains, um, dealing with the public. Uh, every day. And so uh, it's been a brutal week. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the union, the union leaders, the union members, and the families of those who lost their lives. Um, and of course, they still got a, a road to hoe here because, like they said, there's, there were 16 people diagnosed with uh, coronavirus just this past week. And certainly, uh, they're still out there on a daily basis. So uh, yeah, before Joe, you... at,
1: let, let me put the na- Let me put names to the faces or to the story, um, as we uh, ask uh, everyone around the Delaware Valley um, to keep uh, keep. Um Uh, their families uh, in prayer on this holiday weekend. Philip Williams, Ted Nixon, uh, Michael Holt. And I know SEPTA, I saw a story, I think it was in the Inquirer, uh, where SEPTA was looking for uh, a way to honor uh, the three employees who passed away from COVID-19. And I think there was some discussion uh, around the change of a logo or whatever. Um, Wherever that discussion goes, we we, we at least want to honor, recognize and share some quiet prayer for the three employees lost.
4: Absolutely, and and, and uh, no question, uh, there's a lot of pressure on those individuals as well as our first responders, our healthcare workers. We had Chris Woods on last week. Also, uh, th- there was a report of a, a, a union leader who, who uh, worked at a meatpacking uh, plant in 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 Satterton who died. Uh, and so th- it's just it's just a very difficult time. People are going to work scared to death. This this show is COVID-19 in the workplace. And certainly uh, before we, uh, you know, continue the discussion, um, you know, they have new passenger standards. And, Joe, you and I talked about it earlier. Um, There was actually an individual who, you know, I think those passenger standards have to do with wearing masks and on. There was somebody, I think this is, uh, you know, it's been all over the Delaware Valley, all over the news stations, but an individual chose. Not to not to abide by them and was literally forcibly uh, removed from the from the uh, from the bus. I don't think he was arrested, but um, listen, there's a lot of scared people out there, and there's a lot of workplaces where people, you know, or essential workplaces, people who are going to work every day where people are, are afraid. And uh, even J- in New York, J-
1: Doc, let me say this: it's an evolving. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's an evolving. Uh, story, obviously, for us here locally, uh, nationally as well. The SEPTA story uh, has sparked uh, conversation. By the way, that story's gone viral and is all over not only the country, but the world. And and there's a lot of, we have three lawyers who are going to be part of the conversation tonight. That that story in itself, uh, compartmentalized in itself, has sparked uh, legal conversations all over the country uh, about your individual rights as an individual. What can you be forced to do what must you do uh, and what you what do you have to abide by when the situation uh, or the the country's in a pandemic and then the states are doing or reacting one way and then the cities are doing uh, and reacting thing reacting in different ways so it's a uh, it's a tough conversation to have it's not one I'm not sure we know the answer but certainly right. the legal community uh, is going to be tasked with trying to figure all of this out there's no doubt about that
4: well there's no question about that right now in new york city 500 cops called out sick the the nypd is without 11 percent of their patrol now there's a lot of questions uh this thing is 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 obviously is very dangerous so there's a lot going on um and you know let's look at the amazon warehouse workers they're forcing amazon to take uh, precautions because of covid nineteen uh, so they literally it was uh, business as usual at some of these warehouses, and these individuals are are, are now requiring hazard pay they're they're going on uh, you know p- potential strikes there was individuals fired so my point is this: this is going to get legal, and you know for the first month of of um, you know of of this thing, maybe the first two months. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, maybe it was you know, you know, it's a new thing, and, and there's uncharted territories, but there are uh, individuals taking advantage of that situation. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's important that we have our legal professionals on the show. Um, in, in fact, in their field, they've adapted incredibly well, um, but there's a lot to talk about, and, and, we, you know, we have some great legal guests, great attorneys from around the city of Philadelphia who are going to get to discuss these things.
1: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J.B. Dilsheimer from Stampone O'Brien and Dilsheimer's becoming a regular uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. He's joined us in some of the most difficult uh, and toughest conversations. Going back to our conversation uh, regarding the refinery, he debuted this week all week on my national show, which got underway uh, on Sirius Radio, and we're glad uh, to have him uh, part of the conversation uh in uh, for the full hour uh, along with ken spivak and jason perlman but jb let me bring you into the microphone or let me bring you into the conversation uh first welcome to welcome you in and then two just to get you to uh weigh in uh, on uh, on our opening thoughts here on a saturday night uh tough stuff uh tough conversation to talk about but the reality of it um it's necessary and um in times of uncertainty jb uh people uh need um to be educated or they need to understand what to do or at least what they should do
2: thank you joe and uh both joes joe doc joe kraus um you know as i was uh sitting in my desk in my home office listening to the intro originally i was thinking uh you know this is the highlight of my week something different something interesting something i enjoy doing with people i like a lot and uh you know, the reality of this, though, keeps slapping you in the face. On, on the one hand, it is the highlight of my week. I'm glad to be doing something a little different and breaking the monotony of, of Groundhog Days, uh, where Correct. you're not sure what day of the week it is. But the, the the severity and the gravity of what's happening, you know, it just it, it makes my heart heavy. And my, my thoughts and prayers, too, go out to the families of the three scepter workers that, that unfortunately passed. And, you know to anybody who's sick with this problem that, that's devastating the labor force, um, making it difficult for the three attorneys on this call to operate their offices. But we're going to talk about how we're, we're handling it and how we're staying positive and trying to do business as usual and thankful for our health and our family's health. But to respond to what, you know, some of the legal issues you started raising, I, I don't honestly know what the answer is to a lot of those issues. And I don't think we do yet. It's a state of flux. But what I can tell you is, if the government is telling us to take certain measures to be safe and cautious, like wear a mask, wear it. It's for everybody else's health. It's not for yours necessarily. It doesn't keep you from getting sick. It keeps you from getting other people sick. It's an important, you know, I saw the video on Facebook that you were talking about, about the guy being removed from the SEPTA bus, like about 10 cops. And I thought, what, what's so hard if you're supposed to cover your mask and, that, and SEPTA is still willing to put their own people at risk? by going out there. How dare you? Wear a mask. So, you know, as far as what your legal rights are, I think you got to listen to what the uh, regulations are in place. Listen to social distancing. It seems to be working. Yeah, we have a horrible amount of cases, but I think it would be much worse. So with that said, I'm going to let you introduce the other two people, attorneys, uh, excellent attorneys that are on the show. But I just, that's my response to where we started. and And it definitely is a heavy, serious time. Uh, but we'll find silver linings everywhere. and We'll talk about that tonight, too.
1: Good stuff to have J.B. Dilsheimer <laughs> from Stampone O'Brien and Dilsheimer joining us along with Ken Spivak and Jason Perlman. J.Doc, I'm going to put you on hold um, before you introduce Ken and Jason and bring them into the conversation. Uh, I'm going to take a shorter break. I'm going to get to a break, do a shorter segment here in the opening segment, get to a break, and then we'll come back uh, on the other side, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, back in a
0: moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Ironworkers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
1: And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, just for the benefit of the listening audience. Jay Doc, I want to make sure everybody tuning in tonight realizes that uh, we're doing the broadcast live tonight from six different. Locations and through the uh, power or through the ability to connect, uh, based on technology, we're certainly practicing social distancing and and coming from all parts of the Delaware Valley being funneled in uh, to one conversation uh, by Phil, who is back in studio producing uh, and making all of this happen. So thank you to Phil, and I turn it over to you, Jay Doc.
4: Yeah, so Joe, we have a, a great show tonight. We have some fantastic guests. Obviously, J.B. Dilsheimer, our co-host, is is uh, a veteran of the broadcast uh, from Stamp- Stampone O'Brien and Dilsheimer, a great personal J.Doc,
1: he's more than a veteran, brother. I, I mean, you could be, You better watch. I'm I'm changing seats, I, man. I'm putting J.D. I might J. J., put J.B. J., J. 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 In, in the other <laughs>
4: every, seat. Every, ever since you were in the studio, Joe calls me and says, if I'm late for something, J.B. will be in my seat in two seconds. So, I, I got I'm, you I'm back, J.Doc. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, uh, but I want to introduce um, JB's guests, uh, Ken Spivak of Spivak and Spivak and Jason Perlman of the Perlman Law Firm. Uh, Ken, if you would, first off, I want to welcome you to the broadcast. Ken, how are you tonight, sir?
5: I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
4: I I have some
5: uh, quite a distance from everybody. My house has a lot of noise, so I stepped out. So I'm I'm in my car in an area where I can get uh, cell reception.
4: <laughs> you know, it's funny because I can only imagine. Well, you know, like in other words, if they could put a video on all of us, I'm I'm uh, in my home office. At least that's what I'm sticking to. Um, but yeah, no, we're all doing what we have to do. Obviously, like Joe Krause said, um, Ken, if you would tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the firm.
5: So it's my father and I and five attorneys, and for the last uh, couple decades, we have we have represented injured parties and, and in particular injured workers who. Uh, who get injured at work and work related accidents and the the types of injuries that uh, come with it. And when you when you were talking about the the septa workers, uh, you know my heart goes out. One of the issues with the septa workers and most of the union workers are, are that they can't work at home. They can't shelter in place. And those are all those are almost all my clients, and I'm sure JB's clients, and I'm sure Jason's clients. They really have, you know, they're they're really. Uh, they really have the the brunt of of what's going on in society right now and our hearts, yeah. our hearts go out to them.
4: No question. Um, you know, there, there, we had Willie Brown on the broadcast who's the president of TW 234 and I'm in constant contact with, uh, Joe Cochio over at TW 234. Um, who's also one of the representatives and, uh, Will, he's the president of the union, he was on a couple of weeks ago, and he told us, he, you know, he said about, he told us right, I guess at that time, it was between three and seven individuals that had contracted it. Um, but there's no way for them, like you just said, Ken, um, to, to get out of the line of fire. They're, you know, they're bus drivers. I, I think it was the bus driver, um, the individual who, who, who. there's new standards for driving, the for for being a passenger. And the bus drivers are right in; the, they're in the face of people. The general public's right in there with them. And I and I believe that only essential personnel are allowed to be driving as passengers in the bus. But I, I don't blame somebody for being, um, you know, for you know, if you're driving a bus and somebody's not doesn't have a mask on, come on, it's got to be you know very difficult. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on uh, Jason Perlman uh, of the Perlman Law Firm into the show. Jason, how are you, sir?
3: Joe, good to be with you, JB. Ten, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. This is my well, first chance. Well, me too. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> earlier than the other one, but no question. Now,
4: so, so, Jason, you're you're an employment attorney, and so um, I can only imagine what your day is like on a daily basis. Um, if you would just reiterate, because you you you're you're not a rookie to the to the to the broadcast, sure. but if you would. Tell our listeners a little bit about your firm.
3: Sure, Joe, thanks. So my firm is called the Perlman Law Firm, and I have a general litigation practice with a focus on protecting individuals' rights, whether that be in uh, employment cases or personal injury disputes or medical malpractice cases, defamation, and uh, a lot of different things. And, And, you know, I feel as though in these, Um, unprecedented times where things are so uncertain, uh, where the laws are developing and uh, we have uh, the legislature passing new laws and contemplating new laws to help us address these problems that we're facing. Um, It does feel as though the work that JB and Ken and I do, uh, representing people who, uh, who really need help and who don't have a voice to stand up for themselves? Uh, it seems all the more relevant and important today uh, because people are scared, uh, and uh, we're all trying to figure this out together. Um, and a lot of these problems that people are facing, uh, Joe, as you pointed out in the beginning of the broadcast, these these inevitably a lot of these problems evolve into legal problems if they haven't already and so it is incumbent on us to to help people and be there for people in these times.
1: Jason, let me you follow know, Jason, sure, let me sure. follow up on that um and just get you to um dig a little deeper on that for the listening audience so they so they understand the challenge that you're in and and as things change daily or uh, hourly or daily and scenarios or situations come up i don't think there is a defined result or a defined expectation so uh, and i think that creates a lot of confusion and i don't know if i'm stating my point correctly but it seems to me that um the pub the public's confusion makes it harder for you to be or to provide the proper guidance does that make sense well, there is
3: a lot of confusion, and we're all, each of us, uh, we're all adjusting to this new reality. I mean, let's let's be clear. I, this is not a new normal, as some people like to call it. We're in crisis mode, um, and things won't be like this forever, and we all have to do the best we can. We have to take care of each other, and first and foremost, we have to stay healthy. But, Joe, I think to your point um, – there, the, the we have a lot of laws uh, on the books, uh, many of them, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, somehow it seems as though they are not entirely adequate to address the situation that we're in because when, when these laws were drafted, uh, when many of these laws were drafted. Uh, they were not drafted with the idea that we would be facing the kind of public health crisis that we are now in mind. And so uh, that necessitates new laws being passed. And it, uh, it all requires us to uh, be a little bit more patient with each other and with our employers and our neighbors and our employees And uh, and to help each other out. And we all have to
2: do the best we can to work through this. Um, You know, know, I I just hold on. I just wanted to follow up on something that that Jason said. I I really like the way he's articulated that, you know, the lawyers that are not only on the air, but the lawyers that are out there trying to keep their firms going remotely and and learning a, a new way to practice law are here to help. That's what we do. We help people. But now more than ever, we're here to help. And, and, you know, we're watching as things evolve. I mean, we're not even getting clear guidance from our courts as to what's expected of us during this time. I don't know if statute of limitations are actually told or not. I'm assuming they're not because the orders I've seen from the court say they're not. So I'm still filing lawsuits, still fielding new clients when they need me. Uh, but we've all seen business drop off because people aren't working as much. And when they're not working as much. But, you know, much,
4: JB, a couple, a couple yeah. weeks ago when we did a, a, the first broadcast on COVID-19, before
2: we got yeah. anywhere near this, uh, it you, was didn't. I don't think we saw this coming like this, Joe. I, I mean, we were talking about how to protect your rights. I think some of the new laws are going to be to shield. Uh, they're going to be to try to limit some of those rights or lawsuits if you're injured by an unscrupulous employer or something happens during COVID. And and my friends talked about it. We're going to be very guarded and careful about who we're suing and why, if these opportunities arise, because you have to be Um, Saturday together, like Jason suggested, we all have to be tolerant of each other and try and get through this together. This is a time to to reevaluate our core values. You know, there's something to be learned here too.
1: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, J.B. Dilsheimer from Stampone O'Brien and Dilsheimer uh, joining us. Ken Spivak uh, sitting in the car in his driveway uh, with a clear signal. Ken Spivak from the law firm of Spivak and Spivak. Jason Perlman from the Perlman Law Firm uh, with us as well. And Jay Doc sitting in that plush, brand new studio uh, with full (laughs) monitors, full microphones, and Ethernet port. He's connecting directly to 2400 Market. While we try and put a radio show on, J-Doc, we'll continue uh, after the break.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420.
4: We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor along with J-Doc M. Joe Krause as we come to you uh, on a Saturday night. One quick programming reminder, tomorrow, Sunday, Easter Sunday, a double shot of the Lawyer to Lawyer Network, 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. tomorrow. And J-Doc, I want to make sure that the listening listening audience um, understands that uh, our three attorneys that uh, are with us uh, tonight uh, are here tonight. Not only provide uh, conversation on the radio, uh, they are a resource for the listening audience. If there's a question, a need, an issue, an injury, whatever the case may be, um, I encourage the listening audience uh, to connect with uh, the attorneys uh, that are part of our Lawyer to Lawyer Network that are on these radio programs with us. Um, they become the advocates and the resource in addition to being the the experts.
4: Absolutely. Now more than ever, we need our experts. We need our legal experts. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we first talked about when this was all new, um, it seemed like you know we were we, you know obviously there's different types of laws. You know this is uncharted territory, but now you see some people, including some employers, taking advantage of it. Now there's plenty of employers out there that are taking a beating, and our thoughts are out there for them. We cannot wait this thing gets over with and everybody gets back to normal, uh, I want to uh, direct my next question to Ken Spivak. Can you handle injured workers? Uh, and sometimes uh, you handle cases that that have to do with somebody, you know, getting sick on a job, um, and you know it it, it it could be a vocational type of situation. Now it's COVID nineteen. Um, what are you saying? And um, particularly when it comes to the essential workers. Um, you know, if they contract the coronavirus while working, uh, are, A, are they eligible for, for, for workers' comp benefits, and, and B, um, what are the courts saying? What are you seeing in your industry?
5: Well, Jay, Doc, you know, in, in general times or good times, when someone gets a work-related injury and the employer decides to fight it, it easily can be well over a year till they prevail. That's if they prevail, so on the COVID or the coronavirus, the problem is that you're going to have to prove that you got it at work, which right now is difficult. We will need our legislature to, to come in and, and classify it as an occupational disease. And what we're telling our clients who who are on the front lines, that are in the factories, that are delivering the packages, that are nurses and the doctors, that if you find yourself working where the employer is not uh, providing the, the equipment you need or the, giving the protection you need, you need the document in a way. Because at, exactly. at some point you're going to have to prove, and it will be difficult. My concern is that even if we can prove that you were exposed, that the people around you had had it, without help from our legislature and a change of the laws, we will not be able to prove the, the nexus that we'll need. You know, we'll be able to convince the, the the common person that sure you got it, sure the stuff the bus drivers got it because they were exposed every day, all day long, but they yeah, never it in from walking down the street, someone in their own house. So we're we're going to, we're going
4: to need help, at least on the COVID 19. No question about it, and certainly you deal with the you know. So it's estimated that injured workers get. Uh, that that you know get denied or disputed their their uh, benefits. Sometimes you know on a, on a standard work injury, uh, up to seventy percent of the time. When they are talking about a, an occupational illness that you can't see, um, do you anticipate Ken that 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 that, that, that the judges um, will have lenient, you know, and 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 provide individuals like nurses and doctors, you well, nurses, like like uh, police officers, uh, like bus uh, drivers. Do you you anticipate a a natural lenience or benefit of the doubt? Well, not on,
5: not, unfortunately, not on that. I don't think the judge will be able to to lean that easily because we'll still need, in workers' compensation court or comp court, we still need a a medical expert. And that expert will have to say within a reasonable degree of medical certainty, that's how you got the disease, on the job. And at this time, you know, there are so many not only are there so many people that have it uh, there are so many people that probably have it that have not been tested so Pennsylvania unfortunately for lots of reasons is lagging on the, you know the number of tests per capita so yes. so why it may be obvious you know the uh, maybe may obvious that the, the SEPTA drivers are getting it or the SEPTA workers are getting it through the work we're still going to need a medical expert without doing occupational, without having it classified as an occupational disease or some sort of change of law. We're still going to need a medical expert to say they got it from working.
1: JB, you had a you had a question for Ken. Well, what was your question?
2: Uh, well, well, I had a question for Ken and a comment to Joe based on the discussion. But Ken, you know, if a guy's driving a bus, for example, and he's at a like, I mean. It seems to me that a worker who gets it, that people that are working are going to have more of a substantial certainty to have contracted it from their work than they're going to, uh, from just, you know, then people like me, for example, that I'm following, you know, stay at home distances. So I think that may be helpful on the one hand. Uh, on the other hand, Joe, to your point, Joe, Doc, you know, are the judges going to be more lenient? It's, uh, what, what Kenny was suggesting when he first, uh, started speaking was it's not up to the judges. it's up to the legislature to provide the the guidance we may need to deal with. I'm sort of going back to what Jason was saying to deal with a brand new situation that the laws that we're dealing with on the books now weren't written to handle. Um, but right. it's not up to the judges that they have to follow the laws that are on the books. Um, and I think Kenny you know Kenny's exactly right. they're gonna you still have to prove your case. But I think there's more substantial certainty for people that are out on the front lines, for example, driving a bus with passengers coming on and off, that they got sick in the course and scope of their work. But how that actually plays out and survives in the courts, it's it's still too new to tell. There's been a couple of suits that have been filed across the country against some of the cruise ships, cruise lines. But I don't know how that's going to shake out. Again, the laws aren't designed to insulate cruise ships. And I'm not suggesting they should be insulated or not, but the laws aren't designed to handle this kind of pandemic crisis. And the number of people sure. that are, that are going to get, that are, and will get, ill from it.
4: So I'm gonna, you know, it's interesting you talk, uh, I, I brought up a story um, with Amazon, and I'm going to uh, direct this to Jason. Um, Jason, um, you have individuals Who are being, or very recently have been being forced to come to work without any precautions, without any safety measures. Now, of course, a a couple weeks ago when this all came up, even thinking about lawsuits is, you know, one of the first uh, shows JB and and I did. That was we were basically providing education. But now you have some employers, especially big ones, that are taking that for granted. And taking advantage of that sentiment. Um, what do you think is going to happen when, you, you know, if somebody from, say, and I'm sure they already have, an Amazon gets sick um, because they were made to come to work or they were fired, you know, or, and they saw an associate fired, and they, were, uh, and they were made to come to work without protection?
3: If, if the individual gets sick, uh, the first thing they may want to consider doing is giving Ken Spivak a call because they may have a workers' comp case. Uh, if if your example is uh, a, a coworker is uh, complaining about or reporting about the lack of uh, personal protective equipment um, or uh, basic common sense rules being uh, not being enforced in the workplace that results in the proliferation of the virus. Uh, in the workplace or, to your example, uh, at at an Amazon warehouse facility, um, there may be a number of different uh, causes of action under the law that 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 person may have, including, um, if you're in Pennsylvania, potentially uh, a claim under the Pennsylvania whistleblower law if if the individual reporting about the lack of common-sense measures or the lack of enforcing Uh, personal protective equipment being used on the job, if that person were to be uh, uh, fired or retaliated against for reporting about those things, non-adherence to uh, Governor Wolf's orders with respect to safety in the workplace in the time of this pandemic, that may perhaps entitle the person to a, a, a cause of action under the Pennsylvania whistleblower law. Um, And there may be certain other laws as well. And and there may be there there may be other other laws that are coming down the pike uh, that may provide protection, not just for those who get sick, uh, but those who are exposed to the environment.
1: Jason Perlman from the Perlman Law Firm, Ken Spivak from Spivak and Spivak with us, and J.B. Dilsheimer from Stampone O'Brien and Dilsheimer as we come to you on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Uh, J.B., I'll give you last word in the segment. I've got uh, 40 seconds until I need to get to the commercial break. I'll give it all to you, sir.
2: Thank you, Joe. Um, I just think that this is a time when if workers are injured, If people are worried about, you know, COVID being something they contracted at work. Again, I, I, you know, Jason says it very well. Call Ken. He deals with when you're injured at work. Where I come in is when he says to me, hey, I think somebody else is also responsible. Um, It's hard to, you know, in the Amazon world, suppose there's a truck driver who delivers something to Amazon and everybody knows he's sick and the company that he's working for uh, puts him on the road knowing he's sick, doesn't give him the proper protective gear either, like gloves and a mask, and puts him on the road. Then there's possible third party liability, what I do, to say, hey, yeah, the guy got sick at Amazon. He should go to Ken to make sure that his rights for working are protected. But it really started because a guy driving a truck and his company let him out on the road sick without proper protection. I'm there to go after that company and that truck, trucking company for putting somebody on the road like that. Um, That's not safe, that's not smart, and that's negligent. And I'll prove that every time that those are the facts. So it's really important to know that we're here for you. Or if, like Jason says, uh, you know, you you see something going on at work that's not right, and you say something and then you find yourself on the street, you go to Jason. It's important. We're here to help. We have the tools to help. We're going to survive this. We're always going to be here swinging the bat for our clients and the injured workers. However we can and however you're injured, we're here for you.
1: Get to a commercial break here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
0: Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by IOTC Local 8, District 1199C, and the Newspaper Guild. The right-wing conservatives don't have to drive themselves crazy. They can walk (laughs) (laughs) here. God bless you.
1: And back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to our final segment uh, of the big show. We've got nine minutes until we uh, have to say goodbye tonight. Normally, uh, I would start this segment uh, and bring Jay Doc into the conversation, but he'll ramble for four minutes. so I don't want to do that. Uh, let me let me get some dialogue going amongst our three uh, great attorneys. Ken, let's start with you. Ken Spivak from uh, Spivak and Spivak joining us. Um, I know you wanted to jump in uh, with jason on that last segment and i had to get to a break so let me start with you
5: so i had a question for jason and jb and frequently when we see people to after you know something bad has happened to them and uh, and listen to jason's uh, little promo he's talking about that the dignity and livelihood of uh, you know all the workers and all the people out there you know what would happen and i think i know the answer but it might be interesting to talk about if the is some of the step the bus drivers decided that it wasn't safe for them or anybody, and decided not to drive, and didn't get COVID, and then they were, then they were either not paid, let go, furloughed, and that's where I think they have to walk the line between their dignity and their livelihood. What do
3: you what do you think, Jason? Like a, you're talking about like a mass walk off on the job no, because their I'm employer's about- not doing what they're supposed to be doing.
5: Actually, I think they're better off on a, on a mass walk-off, but on one, maybe one person who's taking tickets that they realize they're not set up right, or uh, you know they don't have a shield. They decide I'm not working there. This is this is this is this is it's going to affect my livelihood, but I but I need to live. Yeah. you know, and they say, well, well, this is what I have for you, and these workers are doing it all the time. All our clients are, are faced with this all the time. What do you think You know, and they're let they're let go, they're furloughed, they're they're fired, whatever word you want to use. What? Do you, how do you think it plays out?
3: Well, in the union context, I think it 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 highlights very clearly uh, why unions are so important and why laborers uh, should have the right to be organized in that way because it's it's only in when you have the 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 collective power of the Union bargaining on behalf of the individual workers that uh, do they really have a voice or do they really have a, the right the ability to stand up for themselves in the face of, of an employer uh, that is that is more well resourced than the individual uh, uh, laborer in, in, in the in, in, a, in, in a non-union setting um, I think it's much more difficult uh, and the the employee, uh, walking off the job because he doesn't like he or she doesn't like what what she's seeing or feels that uh, there's too high of a risk. Um, you know, that that employee uh, may find themselves out on an island um, and, and and may have may have a lot of difficulty uh, in, in the face of their employer. But I think what that people there, have a responsibility their
2: health is really threatened by what they're experiencing at work, Jason.
3: Well, if, if the individual has some kind of a, of a preexisting condition uh, such as a pulmonary condition or a cardiac condition or, or diabetes, some condition uh, that, that, that really puts them at some heightened risk uh, in, in the face of, of, of the pandemic, um, that individual should be requesting an accommodation from they should make their employer known, uh, should make their employer uh, know about that and should be requesting an accommodation that they're entitled to under the Americans with uh, uh, with Disabilities Act, the ADA. Um, uh, th- that's that. that's an easy one in the event that somebody um, has some uh, uh, health concern. Uh, pre-existing health concern where they need to be accommodated um, at work. Uh, But absent that, um, uh, the the, the, the FMLA or the ADA doesn't provide the protection for a person who's scared to go into work because they might get COVID. Uh,
2: And that is an
3: example of what I'm of what, that, that's an example of what I had said earlier when I say that these laws that we have on the book, they are many and they are comprehensive, but they don't oh. contemplate everything. And in, in many cases, they don't contemplate this pandemic scenario that we find ourselves in now.
2: Well, well, and, but I guess Jason, what I'm asking more to what I thought Ken's question was too, is what if the employer isn't being scrupulous in their safety? And, 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 and by that, I mean, for example, the example I talked about, uh, trying to think of a third-party situation for liability. Um, what if the employer isn't giving the workers the protections that are available, like masks and gloves, and saying, hey, go into the warehouse and do what you got to do. And we can't really help social distancing because we've got a lot of people who've got to move a lot of product, and then we don't have any masks, we don't have any gloves. Go to work. And the guy says, I-, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I got three kids at home. I got a wife. I'm not infecting my family, and I'm, I'm not coming into work. Right. Does that worker have any rights to, uh, under your understanding of the law as it exists now? Can I can
3: I, I, can I
5: guess I, what it is?
2: Yeah, go
3: ahead.
5: I, my concern is that they're going to be, uh, uh, you know, out of luck. And that's, you know, yeah, uh, that's my concern and and my also concern is with this although employers now everybody is really 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 hurting my concern is that once we get on on our feet the balance is going to change where the workers have less and less power
2: to that that may but we're we're all really good lawyers and there are a lot of good lawyers in the city and we'll we'll help the courts you know we'll make clever and 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 uh Creative interpretations of how the law applies to a new situation, until we get new laws to give us new guidance. That's what yeah, guys, we do. guys, let me That's let me what jump in just right just there, real quick.
4: Let me jump in real quick because, and this is this is really um, uh, directed to, to uh, Ken and and JB. You're not supposed to be able to fire your. I mean, to to sue two your two minutes, employers.
1: j Doc, two minutes, brother.
4: You're not supposed to be able to fire uh, to, to sue your employer. What if your employer is the one put you in harm's way and and, 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 and really digging into each one of your areas of law, threatening well, you that. to fire you, and then something happens, and then somebody has
3: a wrongful death? You well, know, there's there. There. one you...
2: exception. Joe, there's an exception to workers' comp immunity if there's an intentional act that on the job that causes you harm. and But that is a really... In Pennsylvania, it is really narrow and stingy, and it's got to be like an agree. you know, I'm very careful when I sue an employer under that exception. But I would certainly argue that in this fact scenario we're talking about, I'd go for it. if If it was egregious enough and the employer was just not listening, not paying attention and putting workers in harm's way, I'd go for it and see what the courts say about it. I agree with you, JB. I, I, it requires that the employee document, whether
5: it's I think they got a document in text, an email. I mean, it's got to be written down.
3: Right. I agree. It, it, I, I agree with both of you. It requires not only that the employee document, but that the employee speak out and make his or her concerns known so that right. when you try to get around that worker's comp bar that JB was talking about by demonstrating that there was an intentional act, you can prove – that that employer was put on notice about these exactly. problems, and then ultimately, when those problems uh, 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 manifest themselves, um, yeah, that might provide you with the factual predicate for demonstrating that this was an intentional act, and that would enable the worker to bring a claim against their employer.
1: Good yeah. conversation. Or if they were
2: wrongfully terminated for it, they might be able to go right to you, Jason.
1: Good conversation tonight on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. That's going to do it for our live broadcast. A special thanks to J.B. Dilsheimer, Ken Spivak, and Jason Perlman. On behalf of J. Doc, and on behalf of all of our listeners tonight, see you next time, everybody.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and APSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.